2: Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today.
1: Geno
3: Smith can lead the Seahawks to an upset win this week. we will tell you how. There's a natural fit for Sean Payton's return to coaching in the NFL, but is the job already open? And where will Lamar Jackson play quarterback if not Baltimore? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Sports Today.
2: Searching all major sports, sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story.
3: The Seattle Seahawks. They sneak into the NFC playoffs thanks to the Detroit Lions on Sunday night. Now they face a familiar foe, the San Francisco 49ers. How can they pull the upset? Well, maybe they, maybe they can't, but maybe they can. Corbin Smith from Locked on Seahawks joins me now. And Corbin, you were there to see the Seahawks sneak out a win of their own against the L.A. Rams to keep their playoff hopes alive. And we talked earlier this week, and the guys on Peacock and Williamson talked about it, that if there is a place where the Seahawks have an advantage, it is at quarterback. So what does Geno Smith need to do beyond outplay Brock Purdy to win this game, to spring
1: the upset? Well, first off, he's going to have to do a better job with his decision making. He has regressed in the last four or five games on that front. And I'm not going to put all of that on Geno Smith because pass protection has regressed in the second half of the season. Although the last couple of games, it has looked much better winning the last two games of the season, getting into the playoffs with a nine and eight record. So he's going to have to take care of the football, be smarter with the decision making and use the tight ends. This isn't just on Geno Smith. This is on Shane Waldron, the offensive coordinator. They only got four catches for 11 yards in the first matchup against the 49ers from their tight ends. That is a position group that they should be using frequently, especially getting the football out quickly from the pocket, mitigate that pass rush for Nick Bosa and company. You do that by getting those tight ends involved, and that can open up some of those deeper passes to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Right now, our friends at Bet Online have this 49ers giving 9.5
3: points to the Seattle Seahawks. Brock Purdy is an unknown in the postseason. And, and Geno Smith is to a ag- degree, although he is a veteran player. But Pete Carroll has been through it. He has, he has seen what playoff football can be like. So how do you handicap that matchup? Because guys like Tariq Woolen, they're just waiting for you to throw it in their area, and they are going to go make a play. I mean, Woolen has a legit case to be an all-pro this season. What can they do defensively to slow down what has been the most explosive offense not involved with Patrick Mahomes
1: over the last six, eight weeks? First and foremost, they've got to be able to slow down the run, which has been a major problem for the Seahawks defense all season long. But ironically, two of their better performances, in my opinion, have been against the 49ers, even though they've racked up 34 more carries in both those games. They've held up well against the run. They had the 49ers under four yards per carry until a 54-yard run by Jordan Mason in the final minute in Week 15. And so they have actually, actually done fairly well in that regard. They've got to continue that in this game. You cannot let the 49ers dominate on the ground, open up the play-action passing game. And they had opportunities against Brock Purdy where they were able to force him into some bad throws in that game in Week 15. Quandre Diggs, a rare dropped interception Mm -hmm. that really was a game-changing play for the Seahawks in the first half. If they get opportunities like that, they have to capitalize in this game. you got to create turnovers. They haven't done that in the two games against the 49ers. If they want to have any chance, they've got to find a way to get a couple quick turnovers in this game and slow down the running game for the 49ers.
3: If Seattle can spring the upset, what will you and I be talking about Sunday night as to the reason why?
1: The ability to run the football on offense and stop the run on defense. I think this game is all about the run game because Seattle, the last few weeks, they've gotten their run game going again after really going a month and a half where they could not run the football on anyone. Ken Walker the third is... Right now on a three consecutive 100-yard game streak, the offensive line's playing better. Probably going to have really nasty weather in Santa Clara, too. If the Seahawks can get that ground game going and open up some opportunities in the short passing game for Geno Smith, take some of that pass rush pressure off of him, then they do have a chance to win this game because they were in the game in both cases in week two and week 15, and then they just shot themselves in the foot. A lot of self-inflicted mistakes. If they can avoid that and run the football well, they have a great chance to go in and at least make this a close game, if not pull the upset.
3: Stay up to date all year on the Seattle Seahawks by subscribing to Locked On Sports Today and Locked On Seahawks on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Sports Today your first listen. Coming up, there's a logical landing spot for Sean Payton's return to the NFL. Before we get to that, though, DeMar Hamlin took another
2: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
3: Looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and the calories? Of course you do. We all do, especially after the holidays where you might have had Five or six too many eggnogs. If you're trying to eat healthier and don't want to compromise on taste, then you have to try Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar is a different kind of health solution because all of these Bilt Bars, especially the Built Puffs, by the way, my favorite, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. They're really legitimately delicious, but they also deliver on all of the macros, 17 grams of protein, just four grams of sugar, 130 calories. And they come in flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, coconut, almond. Doesn't that sound delicious? I can confirm they are in fact delicious. You can order them online at built.com, but now you can also go to Walmart or Sam's Club and pick up a box for yourself, especially the variety packs, the four bar box with cookies and cream, double chocolate, coconut puffs. These things are a great entry point into the built bar multiverse you can thank me later
2: now here's what you need to be locked on today
3: Damar hamlin is going home doctors discharge the bills db from buffalo general medical center to continue his rehab at home He went through a series of comprehensive medical evaluations, as well as a series of cardiac, neurological, and vascular testing on Tuesday. The care team lead for Hamlin, Dr. Jamie Nadler, said a battery of tests and consultations from a team of doctors led them to feel confident Hamlin can rehab at home. Bills coach Sean McDermott said that they will leave it up to Hamlin when he'd like to return to the team facility. The New York Jets have a scary defense, but an offense that has little teeth. Because of that, the team decided to move on from offensive coordinator Mike LaFleur on Wednesday. The move came as no surprise as the Jets showed no statistical improvement under LaFleur in 2022. He was one of the first to join coach Robert Sala's staff in 2021 when he came to the Jets from San Francisco. This move could not have been easy for Sala, who has been close friends with Green Bay coach Matt LaFleur, who is, of course, Mike's brother. When speculation began last week about the tenuous nature of his job status, LaFleur understood the
4: possibility of this result you know when you when you sign up for this at any level uh, you understand you know this is a production-based business and uh, you know you're not going to run from that I grew up in a a family of coaches Uh, my dad's been fired my brother's been fired Uh, every coach is going to be fired at some point and then rehired, and and it's just the cycle and that's what it is you know
3: the Celtics got 72 points combined from Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown as they took care of the Pelicans.
0: Boston Celtics were in a shootout early, and they pull away in the third quarter, thanks to Jalen Brown. I'm John Corrales from the Locked On Celtics podcast. Celtics getting the win, pulling away, ultimately a 125-114 win here at the TD Garden. To close out a perfect two-game homestand, really quick, for the Celtics, Jalen Brown, I believe, played about as perfectly as you can expect Jalen Brown to play. 41 points in this game. He had a double-double, 18 and 10 in the first half. Then in the third quarter, he doubled it, 18 points in the third. Why was it a perfect game? Because he did it by attacking the basket. He took six three-pointers, but they didn't come early, they didn't come in a bunch, he didn't force them, and he hit three of them, so nice shooting night for him. But it was mostly at the basket, mostly at the rim, and you can see that in his nine free throw attempts. Eight of nine from the line, one of those was a technical foul, so eight free throws on his drives. A great, great game for Jalen, who I think had been searching for his offense a bit lately. So to see him go out there, stay patient, play under control, get to the rim, when none of these Pelicans defenders could stay in front of him, it was an absolutely perfect performance. From a guy, a star, that kind of needed one of these to get back on track. Now the Celtics head on the road back-to-back against the Brooklyn Nets. I'll be talking about it on the Lockdown Celtics Podcast.
5: And the Pistons, they got a win. This time over the T-Wolves. This was an incredible bounce-back performance by the Detroit Pistons tonight. Host of the Lockdown Pistons Podcast, Kukiel here. after again absolutely destroyed by the Philadelphia 76ers last night without all their big men, I should say. They came out tonight against the Minnesota Timberwolves and put on a really, really good performance and one they should definitely be proud of. Now, Minnesota was without Anthony Edwards for a lot of the second half. He ended up coming back in the fourth quarter for some weird reason. Um, but Sadiq Bey had probably his best performance of the year, 31 points of 10-16 shooting. Jane Ivey and Killian Hayes both finished with 18 points. One had nine assists, one had eight assists. I thought this was one of the, the most impressive performances of the year. It might be the most impressive performance to me By Jane Ivey of the year, I thought he did a great job of playing with pace, knowing when to turn the jets on, knowing when to slow it down, knowing when to run the offense, took good shots. I loved what I saw from Jane Ivey tonight. We'll talk about all of this on tomorrow's episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast.
3: On the ice, the Flyers almost let one get away, but held on for a dub over the Capitals.
6: Well, the Flyers almost let this one get away, but Travis Konecny's hat trick goal with the empty net sealed it. Hi, this is Rachel Donner from the Locked On Flyers podcast with your quick post game reaction to the Flyers' five to three win versus the Washington Capitals. So many guys contributed to this one. Carter Hart was fantastic in net; he made a ton of key saves. Scott Lawton scored on the power play and made that supreme effort on the TK empty netter to get him the puck. Owen Tippett drew three penalties, plus he scored himself. And despite some shaky play in the third from the Flyers, they just didn't let it get to them, which is key for this team. They managed to hold the caps off with some good defensive play from guys like Travis Sanheim, Tony D'Angelo, Noah Cates, and more. We'll have more on this game and the Flyers all year long on the Locked On Flyers podcast
2: is another story you need to know
3: it didn't take sean payton long to get back in the coaching mix he is now the hot name in the 2023 coaching carousel so i thought we would talk to the guy who knows sean payton better than anyone else on our network the host of locked on saints ross jackson and and ross let's start with what actually would make sense for sean payton he's talked about matt the the quarterback position being important to him ownership is always an important partner to the head coach, especially when you have the sort of leverage Sean Payton does. So as you look around the landscape of these available jobs, just from a pure fit standpoint, what makes the most sense from Payton's perspective?
4: Yeah, in terms of the jobs that are open right now, I would highlight the Arizona Cardinals, depending upon how Sean Payton feels about Kyler Murray. But the Mm. reason why I think The Arizona Cardinals are the best job available in terms of the fit for Sean Payton at this moment is because of that relationship between executive and head coach if sean payton and michael bidwell the owner of the uh, arizona cardinals have a good relationship and that all you know and that was all able to work out sean payton would come in and very likely be able to bring his own executive his own general manager with him with steve Keim having stepped away and so with that that would give sean payton the opportunity to be able to bring a guy like jeff ireland perhaps or maybe even a kai harley from the new orleans saints over with him. But the thing that's going to make the big difference in terms of all of that is going to be relationship with the owner, as well as, of course, how he feels about Kyler Murray as a talent that he can build with or build around. Because remember, Sean Payton, the one thing that he doesn't do, he doesn't invest in a lot of weapons. He relies on the quarterback to elevate those positions. Is Kyler Murray that guy? And look, Kyler Murray, when he comes back from an ACL, that's also a big unknown. Like, even if you mm-hmm. liked
3: Kyler Murray pre-ACL, is he going to be the same kind of right. player after as he gets older? How is that going to age? I don't think there is a slam dunk situation for Sean Payton on, oh. the, on the market right now, especially given this lack of quarterbacks and Brandon Staley saving his job quietly. Uh, from, from a Saints standpoint, the, the good news for them is, no matter where Sean Payton goes, if he decides to take one of these jobs, that means New Orleans gets something In return for him, what do you think is going to be the expected compensation? What are the Saints going to want? And then maybe more importantly, what do you think they can actually get?
4: yeah I think that their ask is going to be a first round pick but more specifically just based on what we or a, a package built around a first round pick let me say it that way because more specifically what we've seen around the NFL before when it comes to trades Parcells Belichick, and Gruden of course are going to be the three at the New Orleans Saints are going to want to base their trade packages off of we're talking about John Gruden who yielded that year a 21st overall selection and then of course future draft considerations as well including a future first round pick Bill Belichick brought him what was a 16th overall and then Bill Parcells after the Jets and uh, Patriots had Paul Tagliabue step in and force them to actually do something, ended up yielding a first-round pick two years later. 1997 was a trade, 1999 was the first-round pick. So I think that for the Saints, when we look at the Arizona Cardinals, for instance, a top-five selection, a top-three selection... Out of the question, it would have to be either a package built around that high second round selection and a future first, or for some of these other teams that may have openings or currently do like the Denver Broncos who have a late first round selection, something mid to late rounds would make a lot more sense to build a package around if you're the New Orleans Saints, or really if you're the team that's having to send something to New Orleans. But I think the ask will at least start at first round pick, but not all first round picks are created equal.
3: You mentioned, and I thought it was interesting, you said of the jobs available. The, the interesting rumor, and now not it was just a rumor, and then all of a sudden it was a report because we got real information that mm-hmm. there was this back channel with Sean Payton and the ownership in Miami. Right. Um. And so that job not technically open, what are the chances that Sean Payton winds up somewhere that we're not thinking of right now because they don't have a head coaching vacancy, but Sean Payton goes to an owner and says, look, I'm bringing Tom Brady with me. That's also the, the, the hot rumor is... <laughs> I've got this team. I'm bringing Vic Fangio with me. I know you have a coach. Maybe you should not have a coach. What are the chances we see a Sean Payton, Jason Kidd power play here?
4: Yeah, so the thing that would end up being really interesting here is if the Miami Dolphins, the Los Angeles Chargers, or the Los Angeles Chargers, or actually the Dallas Cowboys end up getting bounced out of the first round of the playoffs. Stay up to date on the
3: Sean Payton saga by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On NFL on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. And of course, wherever he lands... There is a local team podcast for you to check out. Coming up, if not Baltimore for Lamar Jackson,
2: then where? If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.
3: The Lamar Jackson saga has reached a fever pitch many think he's done in Baltimore if that's the case then where does he end up Tyler Rowland on locked on NFL has some thoughts
7: well number one obviously this is coming up because Baltimore just gave the biggest deal to a linebacker in the entire NFL and it makes people raise their eyebrows of hey if you're giving out that to Roquan Smith Where are you going to get the money to give to Lamar Jackson? Now, as you said, Baltimore is obviously sitting pretty with the franchise tag, but I think they could even franchise tag Lamar and use that to facilitate a trade to where he would go and get a long-term extension. We've seen that happen before. So for me, number one, out of the gate, I have been asking for an exciting quarterback to go to this team for years. At first, I had my eye. What? Go ahead. No, no. Are you going to say it? At first, you had your eye on who? Kyler Murray. I thought Kyler Murray would have been the choice and would have been a good fit. But now, things have presented themselves. And I think Lamar Jackson is actually the better fit for the Miami Dolphins. Look, there are two parts to this. Number one is exciting. Number two is sad. Number one, the exciting part. Lamar Jackson, Tyree Kill. Jalen Waddle, Mike McDaniel with his young, hip swagger. I think that would be an awesome fit. Lamar Jackson on South Beach, baby. Burning it up. We like it hot. Oh, man. Lamar would just be a perfect fit with not only the team, but the culture. It it would be great entertainment. And obviously, as we talk all the time, that's what we're in here for. We want to be entertained at the end of the day. The sad part is, Tua was ruled out for the game against Buffalo in the playoffs. And I think that there's—I'm not saying it's going to happen, but there's a realistic scenario here where Tua never plays again. Those head injuries and what we saw from him this year, he might have had three concussions. But at the end of the day, I don't think that it's crazy to say that maybe Tua steps away from the game, um, maybe not forever, but at least for a while to ensure that his health is right. And if that's the case, I think Miami over the last few years, they got knocked the first-round pick for tampering with Tom Brady. Miami will be aggressive. That's what we know, and I think going out and paying a buttload of picks that they have in the future to get Lamar Jackson and then giving him a big deal, I think that's definitely a possibility. I think it would be very entertaining as well.
3: Here's the problem. The Baltimore Ravens are arguably the best-run franchise in the NFL, one of the best-run franchises in professional sports. You're talking about a league MVP, an elite-level player at the most important position On the field, a team that is driven by analytics, that understands the value of a player as good as Lamar Jackson. I don't see him leaving Baltimore. So all of this ultimately is going to be moot. That being said, Miami with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell and Mike McDaniel, are you serious? That would would be unbelievable, and I would love to see it. And finally, love isn't just a tennis term for Naomi Osaka right now. It's about family. The four-time major tournament champion and former number one overall in the world announced she is pregnant on Wednesday and will take a year off. Osaka tweeted that she will be out for the entire 2023 tennis season saying, I realize that life is so short and I don't take any moments for granted. Every day is a new blessing, and adventure. She closed out by saying she will be at the Australian Open in 2024. Even athletes, well, most of them, understand life's priorities. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, we get you ready for Super Wild Card Weekend. So at least until tomorrow... Stay Locked On Sports today.
2: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.